Evidence and Answers. As Christians, we stand against abortion and uphold the right to life for every child in the womb. However, what about cases of rape? Isn't it inhumane to ask the victim of a rape to carry the child of her rapist? You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Sukran. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Join Pat today as he interviews Suzanne Maurer and hear her powerful story. Although a victim of rape, she courageously chose life over abortion. Listen as God carried her through her darkest days and brought healing and hope that overcame her pain. This entire interview, along with other interviews, are available right there at evidenceandanswers.org. You're not going to want to miss this inspiring story. So let's join Pat now for part two of his interview with his guest, Suzanne Maurer. And when I speak publicly, I invite my kids, but I really don't expect them to come. You only need to hear the story once. But Rick had never heard the story. And when I got up to speak at this ballroom at the Hilton Hawaiian Village, I looked in the back and thought, that looks like my son Rick. Sure enough, it was. After my talk and I gave my whole testimony, I went and sat with him and he'd given me a lay and he said, Mom, you've never told me that story. And I said, you know, I know, Mom, that's an important story. And I said, I know, Rick. Mom, I'm a woman's liver. It's a woman's body. It's her right. And I said, oh, no, Rick. And I actually cupped his face in my hands. I said, Rick, he said, Mom, think about this. If you'd have had an abortion, I wouldn't be here. And I had never thought of it from his perspective. There is a ripple effect that affects lots of people. And I'm glad you're bringing that up. Yes, you know, and I know your son, Darren. We're classmates there at Dallas Theological Seminary. He won the Evangelism Award. And the world is a better place because he's here. Imagine all the people who would not have heard the gospel had you chosen or done abortion back then. The world would be a much it's a much richer place because he is here tell us about him a little bit well it really is fun thanks pat because he really is in fact he ended up he graduated from stanford he made the stanford basketball team as a walk-on for two years and god put him on that team 25 young men tried out and he was the only one that made it and he had come to christ through campus crusade and so he actually challenged god (laughs) i don't recommend that But he went to the Stanford Chapel and knelt down and said, God, I don't even know if you're real. I don't know if you exist, and I've sure put you on the back burner, but I'd like to make you a deal. (laughs) If I make the Stanford basketball team, I'll give you all the credit. And then he, he came to Christ from that before he finished his freshman year. And as uh, a new Christian, he said, I'll not only give you all the credit, I'll serve you all my life. And he was the only one that made the team. And he knew that Jesus had put him on that team. And he actually shared with many of his teammates and his evangelism started right there at Stanford. So he played as a walk on two years, then grad, uh, earned a full scholarship, graduated in engineering, worked one year in engineering, But God had captured his heart, and he came home and said, I've got to serve the Lord. So he went with the ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ for 20 years and was uh, in Yugoslavia for a year, then came back and went to Dallas Seminary for four years and loved every day of it, and then uh, went to Rice in Houston and served out Campus Crusade there for 11 years. And then in his 40s, some businessmen approached him and said, 
they thought it was time for him to start ministering to businessmen. And so they set up Lagos Leaders Outreach. And it's a ministry where Darren meets one-on-one with businessmen during the week. And he takes them to the Word of God. And he teaches them the value of being in the Word daily, studying the Word, knowing the Word, and then trains them to go out and mentor others so that it's um, a growing ministry. And honestly, by God's grace, Darren has been privileged to be the person of hundreds of people that have come to know Jesus. And Well, Suzanne, Darren went to high school with someone who's quite famous and actually got to share the Lord with this person. Who is this person? And, and tell us about this experience. Well, it's really fun. Uh, Darren was the last one cut his sophomore year in high school, the Punahou basketball team, and it was the best thing that ever happened to him. But junior, senior year, he made the team, but he didn't play. And his teammate, Barry Obama, it was only Barry then, we didn't know a Barack, they sat on the far left end of the bench, and they were just the salt and pepper of Punahou. Darren had a Howley afro, Barry had his afro, And because they didn't get to play in the games, very rarely, Darren had a VW van, and Barry didn't have a car, and so they would tool around to Palama Settlement, Clum Gym, any place they could find a a basketball game. And they became very good friends and very good basketball buddies at Punahou. And then, you know, they were second in the state junior year, state champ senior year, so they played with some real talented guys. And at graduation, they wrote in each other's annuals that they wanted to stay in touch, and Barry went off to Occidental, and Darren went to Stanford. But they didn't ever connect again until Barry was running for the presidency, and he came to Houston. And so Darren had the opportunity to go to uh, one of his fundraisers, and it was almost surreal for Darren. As soon as Barry saw him, he threw his arms in the air and he says, my man, Mauer, give me a hug. And they had a great hug and a great visit. So then when Barry was uh, elected in the first election, I sent Darren to his inauguration because I didn't think he'd have a chance to see the president, but I knew there'd be a lot of Punahou people there. And sure enough, the night before the inauguration, there were about 150 Punahou alumni and Darren just worked the room for Jesus. And one of the people there was uh, Greg Orm, who played on the team with them. And so the next December, the first year of uh, Barry's being in office, in Houston, Darren got an email, possible game Friday, Hawaii, be there. This was Tuesday in Houston. (laughs) And so some wonderful things the Lord put together enabled him to get on a plane. And so on New Year's Day, Uh, of that next year, I think it was 2010, they played uh, two hours of basketball together at the Kaneohe Marine Base. And when they greeted each other, Darren said to him, so what do I call you, Mr. President Barack? And he said, Darren, it's me, it's Barry. Let's just play ball and have fun. I'm so glad you're here. And they did. And Darren had prayed before he left for the gym Lord, don't let me be aggressive. Don't let me start the conversations. Empty me of myself. Fill me to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. And let your light radiate to my friend. 
And that's exactly what happened. The very first question that Barry asked him is, okay, Darren, I understand that Jesus is your whole life. How does that work for you? So Darren was able to share a little bit about that. He later asked him, well, Darren, you're a pastor, but you don't have a church. How does that work? Walk me through your day. And so Darren was able to share with him his ministry to men. And he said, do you see my Bible bag over there? And Barry said, that thing on the bench? And Darren said, yeah, that's my Greek-Hebrew study Bible. I carry it every place I go. Darren, Barry said, I'm glad to know that's what it was. I was wondering. And so Darren was able to look into the eyes of the President of the United States and say, Barry, I want you to know my mom and I pray for you daily, and my prayer is simple. I pray that one day soon you will allow Jesus Christ to take control of your life and your heart. He's all that you need, and he's everything that you need. And interestingly, Barry didn't respond. He didn't say, yeah, Rick Warren told me that. or He didn't respond, but four or five times in those two hours, Darren said he'd call over to him and say, Darren, I really appreciate you. So, so he was listening, and they had a lot of fun playing ball, and there were other parts of the conversation. And then when they said their goodbyes, it's real cute. I've had a chocolate chip ministry for years, and Barry said, did your mom send chocolate chip cookies? And Darren said, yeah, they're there in the bag, and I'll get them for you. And so he got in the cookies, and they had a hug, and they walked about 20 feet away. And Barry turned around and called to Darren. He said, Darren. And he turned around, and he said, pray for my family. And Darren said, Barry, we do. We pray for you, and we pray for your family. So it was really a, a divine appointment. Darren said, Mom, if I'd have dropped dead after sharing my prayer with Barry, my life would have been complete. To look into the eyes of the President of the United States and be able to share Jesus, what an amazing honor. And Darren just wrote to him recently, so we'll see if there's another basketball game coming up. I don't know. And perhaps we have some listeners here today who have are listening and they, they say, wow, that, that is such a great story. Darren sharing the gospel with Barry. But what exactly is the gospel anyway? Dr. Zucran, for those listening today who have never heard the gospel message, can you explain to our listeners what the gospel is and how they may come to receive Jesus Christ? Sure, you know, and that's what we're all about, the three of us here. You know, we're all about sharing the love of God with everyone. And, you know, God created this great universe, and he created it for you and I to enjoy and to know him and to love him and experience the great wonder of his love and his magnificent creation and the full meaning and joy of all that life was ever meant to be is found in a relationship with him. But something separates us from God so that we cannot enjoy that relationship, and that is sin. We have broken God's law. We have not been able to live up to his perfect standard, and that separates us from God, and we're, we all deserve his judgment. But instead, God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ. God incarnate came here to the earth to die upon the cross for our sin on our behalf so that we may become, as the Bible says, the righteousness of God. The price of sin was paid by Jesus Christ upon the cross and the offer of salvation and eternal life and a relationship with God, what Suzanne has been talking about here, uh, that gift that offers there for all of us if we're willing to receive him as our Lord and Savior. Uh, the God incarnate who died upon the cross for our sins if willing to receive his gift of forgiveness 
to believe in his death and resurrection from the dead and place our trust in him, we can have eternal life and fellowship with God and to experience all the joy and love that he's meant for us to have, a joy that can be everlasting, even through some of the most difficult times of life, as Suzanne shared. That's what the gospel is all about, David. Yeah, so if you're listening here today, and perhaps you have some regrets in life, perhaps you know you've dropped the ball, and you're haunted by the guilt of your sin, and you're thinking to yourself, it's so difficult for me to forgive and to receive forgiveness for that. Well, today could be the day of salvation for you. So wherever you may be, as you're listening to this broadcast, you can receive the gift of forgiveness and the hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ. For the Bible says, even though, well, the wage of our sin is death, and we know that the free gift that God offers to us is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And around this holiday season, the gift of Christmas is the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, the gift of forgiveness. So how do I receive the gift, you may ask? Well, the Bible simply says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. With the mouth, confession is made resulting in a salvation. So what does that mean? In layman's language, David, simply means say a prayer to God and to ask him for forgiveness. So I'll give you the words you had the heart. If you want to receive forgiveness and the hope of heaven, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me right now. Keep your eyes on the road and just simply say something like this. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross and to rise again for my sin. Jesus, enter my life. Be my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin and give me the hope of heaven. And that's where it all begins. And then continue to read your Bible, pray, get involved in a Bible-believing church. If you want to know more information about a great church, you can call us at Bible Institute of Hawaii or look us up and check out some of our classes on www.biblehawaii.org on the internet. But let's continue on with our broadcast with Susan Maurer. Pat, back to you. Yes, thanks, David. You know, this story that began in tragedy with horrific incident here of rape and then Suzanne wanting to commit suicide ends in triumph and David isn't that what God is all about taking tragedy and somehow turning it into a triumph from rape now we have Darren who wins the evangelism award at Dallas Seminary who's reaching hundreds for Christ and even got to share with the president isn't that what God is all about absolutely absolutely you know but tragedy doesn't turn into triumph unless we continue to obey the Lord you know what happened here was a very tough situation, you know, and it wasn't easy for Suzanne, I'm sure, many of those years. But instead of continuing in sin, you know, God calls us, you know, no matter what mistakes we have made or how difficult things may have been or if we think we got the wrong end of the stick, you know, God calls us to obey him as difficult and as tough as it may be. And Suzanne, you had one of the most tough, uh, you know, one of the toughest situations there that anyone could have. And... Uh, God calls us to obey him even in those tough times when we don't understand. And by doing that, he can take a tragedy and turn it into a triumph, as he did in your life, didn't he? Well, if I may share, the other thing I want people to realize is, literally, Jesus spiritually picked me up and carried me. And there's a wonderful poem about footprints. And there was just one set of footprints in the sand, I think, for those 20 years. And Jesus was just carrying me. And we can trust him. 
He's a Lord that we can trust. So even when we don't understand, we need to turn to him. And I did cry out to God. I just didn't know Jesus personally. And so for me, it was very life-changing to know that I had a partnership with Jesus Christ living in my heart for the rest of my life. And every place I go, we go as a team. And that's been powerful. And if I may, I'd like to encourage your listeners to join me in praying for President Obama and his family. Pray for their salvation. You know, 1961, he and Darren were born about five weeks apart, Barry in August, Darren in September. And I often think if abortion had been legal, would either of those young men be here today? Only God knows. But abortion is absolutely wrong, and we need to pray against it. And the Bible calls us to pray for our leaders, and sometimes I think, but by the grace of God, there could go I if I didn't know Jesus personally, and I'm so thankful I do. So there's a lot of power in prayer. I was prayed into the kingdom by Darren for sure, maybe others. And so be faithful in prayer, and even for our president, please. Yes, you know, since Roe v. Wade, we have murdered over 50 million children in abortion. And who knows how many Darren Mowers, Barack mm -hmm. Obamas, you know, great scientists, great future musicians and athletes we have lost to abortion. Mm -hmm. Well, Suzanne, what would you say to that young lady and man out there right now who's carrying an unwanted child, perhaps a teenage girl who's gone into uh, pregnancy or a mother in a very difficult situation and she finds herself pregnant with an unwanted child, what advice would you give her? I would say God will make a way. And if there's any way I could come alongside her, I would absolutely encourage her, no matter what the circumstances, to give that child life. I do think in our country we need to do much more with adoption for girls that don't know how they can keep their child. But it, there is adoption available. There are wonderful programs. A place for women here on Oahu is wonderful. But at all costs, trust in the Lord. Run to him. Run into his arms with tears streaming, with terror, whatever. But run to Jesus because he will make a way. He will scoop you up. He will carry you. And um, that child deserves life. Every single child conceived by God deserves life. And I'd refer them to Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18, that tells about the sovereignty of God. Because truly, Darren's and my story is a story of the sovereignty of God. And it took me 20 years to see God's hand prints all over it. But the Lord took care of that, and he will take care of you. No matter what you're experiencing, just cry out to the Lord, and he will be there for you. He will take your hand. He will carry you. Well, Suzanne, what would you say to a girl who has had an abortion? What would you say to her? And, you know, I think the statistics that were shared with me, perhaps one-third of the women out there may have had an abortion. So there's a good chance that one out of three women in your church has experienced an abortion. What would you say to that woman and that man as well right now? Absolutely to the man as well. I mean, the fathers uh, are such a, a part of this. I would hope that I could get them to Christian counseling because we serve a forgiving Lord. And he forgiveness is an issue of the heart. 
And so again, I would try and turn them to the Lord and help them know that by just as David had said earlier, confessing their sin, uh, confessing this wrong, that he does forgive and he will carry them. And uh, I also would encourage counseling because I, I really think, especially the men, they need good Christian counseling to help understand biblically God's forgiveness and his love. We can't leave out his enormous love for us. And in the sovereignty of God, he knows everything about us. That's what Psalm 139 will tell us. And so he's gone before you. He knows what you've experienced. He knows the plans he has for you. The wonderful scripture in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. They're for giving you a future and a hope. But don't ever stop there because the next verse says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And I would encourage these people to seek the Lord with their whole heart. You know, a lot of these women are afraid to open up and share in church because we can come across as condemning. Well, what can churches and what can we as Christians do in this whole arena of women who have had abortions? I think, to God be all the credit and glory, that's part of why I share my story, is if we can help, uh, if we can be available, if we can uh, come alongside and, and hold and cry with these people, they need someone to um, just help them through this. And I've actually had the privilege of meeting two children whose lives were spared from abortion through hearing our story. But I think that as Christians, we need to be out there. We need to share our story. We need to share our love. We need to be available because there's such a scorn against people that have had abortion and or that are pregnant outside of marriage. But there are also people that God will bring alongside you that will help you through it. But I think it needs other people. I really do. And crying out to Jesus. And in that cry, he will then provide the people. Well, as we close, Suzanne, are there any organizations or websites that you could recommend for these women? Well, I'm very excited about A Place for Women with uh, Sue Skinner at Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor. I really think they're doing a wonderful thing. We also have the Aloha Care and Pregnancy Center here on Oahu. And I wish that more and more churches would avail themselves. We're in a very difficult time with the churches in our country today because they're more concerned about filling the pews and filling the coffers and compromising the Word of God. And so we've got to get people into the Word of God. And I would like to encourage your listeners, whether you're a regular reader or you haven't even picked up the Bible, get a copy of a modern translation Bible that you can understand. Start in the New Testament and make a commitment to the Lord to read from his word every day. In October of 1981, after Darren had given me the Bible, he was sharing with me how to know Jesus personally. I found myself on my knees. So hear Jesus in all through my story. And I heard my voice say, Lord, I don't understand this born again business, but if it's important to you, I'm going to make you a promise. I promise to read from your word every day the rest of my life. And that was in October of 1981. And by God's grace, I'm still doing it. I read the one-year Bible. I'm reading it through for like the 20th year. Get in the word of God. Get to know your Jesus personally. He loves you. Well, it's been a tremendous story of tragedy to triumph through the power of Jesus Christ. 
Now, Suzanne, earlier you came in with a poster in regard to a special event that's coming up here, taking place in Honolulu. Could you share with us a little bit more about that? Yes, it's our Hawaii prayer breakfast, and it will be on April 12th. I believe it's a Friday. It's at the Hilton Hawaiian Village. It's open to the public. And our speaker again this year will be Dr. Ravi Zacharias. He spoke for us last year. And it's a wonderful time where we honor our state leaders, the politicians, the judicial, the military. And you can go online to hawaiiprayerbreakfast.org. You can look in the phone book for Hawaii Prayer Breakfast. Hopefully you can call BIH and get information. I believe the tickets are $30. And then immediately after the prayer breakfast, which begins at 7 in the morning, we have an inspirational forum, and we have five local speakers share how they got to know Jesus and what difference he's making. So Hawaii Prayer Breakfast, April 12th. 2013. And can I also encourage you about the River of Life ministry? I'm involved there, and it's a wonderful ministry to the homeless, and they have a new program called Chocolates on a Mission, and you can get them at Foodland. So just a couple of them. All right, Chocolates on a Mission, the Hawaii Prayer Breakfast, April 12th. If you'd like some more information, look it up online or give us a call at 595-4700. And Suzanne, it was great to have you on today's show. I'm so encouraged by your testimony and story. Just thank you so much for being here today with us. It was my honor. Thank you so much. And aloha kea kuya o ko. God's love to all of your listeners. Aloha kea kua. And thank you so much, Dr. Zuckerand. Thank you for leading us out in today's show. Always a privilege, David. This concludes Pat's interview with Suzanne Maurer. If you missed any part of this interview, log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to the entire series and enjoy other great interviews and resources right there on the site. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Suzanne's story, please support Pat and the show with prayer and a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. I hope you'll be with us next week as Pat and his friends continue to present evidence for faith and answers to tough questions and issues. Join us again right here for more evidence and answers. Oh, 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 oh,